Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I want to welcome you to the Connect podcast today. Hope everyone's logging on, sharing, and just letting people know about what we're doing here as we are getting into God's Word so we can get God's Word into our lives, get it out of our lives, into the world around us. And what we're doing right now, we're in a study, uh, in-depth study, uh, verse by verse, passage by passage, study of the Gospel of John, looking at the life of Jesus, getting to know him better, journeying with Jesus, seeing how he interacts with people, uh, his miracles, who he is, and what he's doing. So today, uh, we just finished a, a passage where we looked at, uh, in John chapter 13, looked at um, the, the betrayal of Jesus or the intended betrayal by Judas in John uh, chapter 13. By the way, go ahead and grab your Bible if you're, uh, if you're at a place where you can look at your Bible and take some notes because um, it's going to be some good stuff today. But, um, but we're looking at this, um, this betrayal and then... Uh, it says it was um, it was night um, and it was night. What a dark moment in verse thirty. Uh, but but then Judas leaves, and uh, we hear what Jesus talks to the says to the the real followers, like the faithful, full on followers. And so it's, it's real talk that we, we're getting now. Uh, I read this quote from Henry Nowen, and, and this was from several decades ago, but he said this, technology is so far ahead of human relations. As for the latter, human relations, we're still in the Stone Age. Why do we human beings learn so much so soon about technology and so little so late about loving one another? It really does uh, remind me of what we witnessed at the Oscars. I know, uh, I know, uh, we weren't really uh, watching the Oscars. Uh, no one was watching it, but we heard about it now because, uh, you know, because of the event that happened with uh, with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and he uh, he got up on stage and slapped, you know, Chris Rock in the face and. And uh, then he proceeded to cuss him out. Then he proceeded to get up a little later and he talked about how he was, Will, Will Smith uh, was a vessel of love. He was learning uh, love and he's called to love his family and love people. And uh, he seems to be uh, not alone in his confusion about what love is. Uh, it seems like the further we go, and here we are in, in the year 2022, 
And yet the further we progress, uh, the more as, as a culture we're regressing in our uh, the way we relate to each other. Uh, human relations are breaking down. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to be looking today at, at, at true love and what is true love look like. And really, we're looking at Jesus as he's speaking to his, his closest followers about a new kind of love, a new commandment to love. And Jesus is talking about the moment that he is going to display and demonstrate what true love is through self-sacrifice, through sacrificial love, as he lays down his life for the sin of the world and for uh, all of humankind. He, he, he lays down his life so that anyone who would receive that free gift uh, will have life. And uh, he, he's talking here, I want us to look at three new results of his death on the cross. He talks about some of the results and what's going to happen as he gives his life. And this isn't everything that's going to happen as a result of him giving his life, but he talks about some specific things. And the first result, this new uh, opportunity, this new, uh, this new result is that Jesus' death would result in glory and glorification and and it would lead to uh, glorification. So uh, John 13, 31 says, when he was gone, talking about Judas, okay, now he's gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. There's one word that Jesus uses, and he uses it five times in these like two sentences, right? Glorified, 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 glorify, and glorify. He's talking about glory. He deserves all the glory. What does that mean uh, when we talk about the word glory? That's a churchy word, uh, sometimes hard to define, but it means to magnify, to multiply, to, to hold in high honor and high esteem. And really, it's a it's a uh, it's a grander sort of uh, honor and 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 magnification that that happens. And so, uh, look at, at who was glorified first. Uh, Jesus is glorified on the cross. His glory was shown so clearly on the cross because he was saving the planet, truly saving the world. He was the one who who laid down his life to serve the world. He would redeem the world. He was receiving glory because he was obedient to God, faithful to God, each step of the way, each moment of the way, all the way until he gave his life. And he was the one who would pay the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate price. And so this was his glory. You know, Jesus uh, perfectly obeyed God, and this made him the perfect person. He is perfect in every sense of the word. And so because he is perfect, he is the one who, uh, the only one who could stand in, in my place and in your place. Uh, he's the only one who could represent us. And all we have to do is just trust in him. Um, so there was glory in being the, he, his title, one of his favorite titles for himself was the son of 
man. He was son of God, but he was son of man. And um, so the cross glorifies Jesus, as Jesus says, as the son of man, because he was ready to make and pay the ultimate price to bring about the greatest result, the most needed, our greatest need, and that is salvation. That is our forgiveness, our uh, redemption, our connection with God. And the cross, um, it, it because of what Jesus did and that sacrifice for us, we're drawn to that. We need that. And so it leads us to give praise to God, to worship Jesus. And uh, that's where we find our own salvation, our greatest need. And so the cross is the glory of Jesus. But also on the cross, that's where Jesus won the battle against the devil, against Satan. He broke the power of sin and death and the stronghold that the devil would have over our lives. In fact, the Bible says that he ruined the he brought to ruin the spiritual principalities and power, um, and and he beat them and triumphed over them on the cross. And in doing so, he destroyed the works of the devil. And so uh, the scripture says in First John, uh, and of course John was writing the Gospel of John. He wrote First John, and in First John three eight. It says, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. I mean, that's all the devil does, right? But the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So what Jesus did was he broke the power of Satan in our lives. The devil has no more power over us. He has no more victory. He has no more control in our lives and he broke the power of fear of Satan and fear uh, in our lives and death. And, and he, he removed all of that because of his victory on the cross. And there's glory in this and Jesus' victory over Satan. I mean, think about that. The, the, the enemy, Satan, and, you know, he is not anywhere near uh, as powerful as God himself, but he is a powerful adversary. He's a powerful enemy, and yet he's defeated. So that's why the cross is the glory of Jesus. And Jesus said in John 12, and we've just you know finished that chapter a few weeks ago, but John 12, 31, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. So Satan will be driven out and I, Jesus said, when I'm lifted up from the earth, and he's talking about the cross, I will draw all people to myself. So that's why we lift up the cross of Jesus, because that's the, the magnetic power of the cross that draws people to Jesus. Also, Jesus perfectly showed us, showed the world what perfect sacrifice looks like, what courage, real true courage looks like what strength looks like, what self-denial looks like, what true love looks like on the cross, what compassion looks like when he gave his life on the cross. And there's great glory in all of this. So the cross is the glory of Jesus. But then also, check it out, it was bringing glory to 
God the Father, okay? Because Jesus perfectly obeyed the will of God, and God was glorified in Jesus' obedience, full obedience to him by following through with this plan of giving his life on the cross. That brought glory to God, and God's justice was perfectly satisfied on the cross. And, uh, I, you know, we do get confused about what real justice is today. What is justice? Well, there is real uh, evil in the world, and there's real evil in us. You know, we downplay our own sin and our own evil. And because of that, you know, we say, I, sometimes we'll say, I, I wish I got what I deserved, you know. No, you don't. We, we, if we got what we deserved, we would be wiped out like that because standing in front of a holy God, um, you know, we are so sinful. And, and yet uh, that sin demands a judgment that because God is perfectly just, that sin demands a judgment. Well, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He took on the, our punishment on the cross. And so God's justice was perfectly satisfied and his honor was restored and the evil that's been done against God was punished on the cross. And so the cross brings glory to God. Um, God's love, God's incredible love for you and for me was shown fully on the cross. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his life in while we were in the middle of our rebellion and our sin, um, and, and not when not when we you know tried to clean our own selves up, but just right in the middle of that, and even before that, he gave his life for us. This is real love. So we're about to start talking about love and how we love one another. But this is the example. This is the premier example of true love that God gave his only son to pay the ultimate sacrifice for your life and for mine. So that's why the cross brings glory to God. And there's Jesus glory. The third glory here is Jesus glory in himself, the resurrection of Jesus. That how awesome is that his ascension into heaven, his ultimate exaltation in heaven. Um, so Jesus was asking to be glorified in God with his uh, presence and his power. And he was, he was uh, given the place of the, the God's throne. So Revelation 3.21, check this out. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. And, um, you know, the, the, the idea of God the Father and Jesus the Son and, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, or God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this idea is really hard for us to wrap our brains around um, as, because we're fine, you know, we're, we're limited and God is unlimited. But when you get to heaven and you see God, do you know who you'll be seeing? You'll be looking in the face of Jesus. You'll be looking in the face of Jesus, God in the flesh. And so Jesus was also uh, asking to be glorified 
in his in his in himself and Jesus said God would immediately glorify him that's what that's what this passage that's what these sentences of Jesus he's saying i think a good question for us is how do you and i glorify God in our life well we do what Jesus did we stay faithful to him every step of the way until the very end uh, and, and no matter what um, price there is to pay, no matter what uh, we have to go through personally, we're going to stay faithful to him and stay obedient to God until the very end. And that brings God glory. So that's the first result is this glory of God from uh, Jesus going to the cross, Jesus giving his life. But the second is this, Jesus' death would result in a new commandment. Let me read this in verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus said that he was leaving. He's not going to stay. He was only going to be with his disciples a little while longer. And so that's why he had to give them this new commandment. Now, the, the great commandments we know, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so that's that's a kind of love that we can have for each other. Um, whether they're believers or not, we have love for them. Uh, but Jesus takes it here to a whole nother level, like a whole new quality, a whole new kind of love. And that's why he says this is a new command. It's not the same command as just love your neighbor as yourself. Now he's saying love one another, love other Christians How? As I have loved you. Well, how did Jesus love us? Sacrificially. He laid down his life. He gave his life away. And uh, so he, he knew he was leaving. And there were three reasons why this new commandment was given to every generation of believers that would follow. First reason is that uh, we disagree with each other sometimes, don't we? There's always the danger of becoming critical, of becoming judgmental, of being divisive. I mean, just look at the disciples. They had been fighting over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Who's going to get first place? Who's better than who? They were struggling with each other. They were arguing. They were judgmental. They were divisive and divided. And so they needed this new commandment and this new supernatural love in their lives. And we need that today. We need that for one another as believers today. Uh, So important, so important. But also, um, he says he's leaving. He's leaving and going away and there are just times when we as human beings, as people, flesh and blood, we need 
the presence of Jesus. We long for that presence of Jesus in our lives. And so he said, you will, uh, you will look for me, but I'm telling you where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, Jesus did say, I'm going to send another. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to indwell your life. He's going to comfort you and he's going to live in you. But we, and that's, that, that's amazing in and of itself, right? But we also need, um, we need another human presence. You know, we need people with skin on. We need a brother or a sister. Uh, we need uh, a companion. We need other believers, other followers of Jesus who will love us with a supernatural kind of love that only comes from Jesus. And Jesus knew this, so he commanded us to be that for each other. Did you ever think about that? Like, we're supposed to love people as Jesus because we long for the presence of Jesus and we meet each other's needs for relationship and connection and fellowship and care and concern for each other. What an important role to play. What an important mission that we have. There's also a third reason that he gave us this new commandment, and that's because there, there is a need for some something greater to hold the disciples together. Jesus was the one who held his band of brothers together. But once he was gone, his followers would need something else to hold them together, to keep them together, and to keep them relating and, and working and serving together in one spirit and one purpose. How do you do that? Well, it's this new commandment. To love, but to love how? Like Jesus loves, sacrificially. Not the same thing as the old commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, it's not just this human kind of love, the, uh, the phileo love, which is a brotherly love. It is an agape love. It is an unconditional love that comes from God above. And this new commandment isn't to everybody. It's to uh, followers of Jesus. And it's that love that exists between us because we are family and, and we're one team and we're one body and we serve together. And so uh, this love is the love of Jesus, which is the love of God that um, can be brought into our hearts that we can have ourselves because we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not a normal physical kind of love. It is a spiritual love that can only come from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And um, this is a, a different kind of love. Um, and it only comes from the Spirit of God in our life. And uh, think about the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is a love of spiritual connection. It causes us to long for connection with God and with his people. It's the love of a spiritual life, um, that, that we share the same life with other believers. It's a life that Jesus promises that is a full life. It is an eternal life without end. Um, it's a joyful, um, full life. Now, also, 
It's a, it's a love of spiritual purpose that we share the same purpose to know God and to make him known in our world. It's also a love of spiritual fellowship. And we use that fellowship word in church. And, you know, if you grew up in church, fellowship was just like uh, was punch and cookies. You know, we'll have some punch and cookies after after church or at the Connection Church. You know, it's coffee and donuts. When I was a youth pastor, it was it was co- soda and uh, and pizza, right? But fellowship is is not that. Fellowship goes so much deeper. It goes to the the soul level and the level of sharing uh, joys and hurts and sorrows and gifts and and life together. And it's the love of of the Holy Spirit that can create in us a love that can melt and mold our hearts together in an unbreakable bond of love and unity with each other. Now, because it's a commandment, it is conditional. It's conditional. The Holy Spirit can bring you that love, but you've got to be you've got to open your heart to receive the love of God in your life. And when Jesus love lives in our hearts, that causes us to connect our life to the lives of others, of other believers. It causes us to unite in one purpose with other believers. It causes us to, the love of Jesus in our lives causes us to lay down our own desires and to be like-minded with other believers. It, it leads us to, to understand and, and feel um, as others feel, to, to join in their joys and their sorrows. It, the love of Jesus, because the love of Jesus is so gracious and forgiving, it gives us the power to forgive others. Listen, each and every time. It leads us to be self-sacrificial, to sacrifice for others. It leads us to look for the best for others, to want their best, even before we want our own best. And, and this is so countercultural. It causes us to to die to self and and to live for God and to love others. And listen to this. Check this out. The new commandment to love one another as Jesus loves you is the mark of a true follower of Jesus. You want to know, are you a true follower of Jesus? Check your love. Check your love. It's not, do I just love my neighbors or do I... Uh, love my family, you know, it's, we should love our family, right? Uh, even though it's hard sometimes, it's a bigger love. It's, it's a supernatural love that lives in our lives. And because of that love, uh, that's how people will know that we are his followers. They will know us by our love. And so, that's the, the love that we're to have for each other. So I, I want to encourage you to check your own heart and your own love. And, and where are you with this? And do we need to ask God today to fill us with his love so that we open our heart and we receive it in a fresh and a new way? There's one other result that Jesus talks about here. And that is that, that his death would result in some people misunderstanding its meaning. And this happened with with Peter um, in verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. 
And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Jesus' death really showed the the faulty um, loyalty that Peter had and that we have. Um, Jesus said, where I'm going, you can't come. Then Jesus gave him a new commandment, said, love one another like I have loved you. But what does Peter do? I love this. I, I hadn't noticed this before, but Peter actually jumps completely over the new commandment. Like he didn't even hear that because he got focused in on Jesus saying, I'm going away. Oh, I got to go with him. Where are you going? Where are you going? And he missed it. And I think sometimes we do that. We miss what God is saying because of our own ideas and the things that we get distracted with and the things we're thinking about. So he didn't pay any attention to the new commandment Jesus had just given him at that time, which he needed to hear. Um, and, And so when Jesus said he was leaving them, that gripped Peter's heart. And he needed to know, what are you talking about? Where are you going Is this like spiritually or physically? Uh, How are you leaving? And um, he said, you know, you can't go with me right now. Peter was digging into the things that that he couldn't yet understand. Jesus was going to be returning to heaven, going back to the Father where he'd come from. And he couldn't really have said it any clearer than he said it, but they could not understand it yet until they saw it and experienced that with their own eyes. There's something about the Bible, uh, there's something about us that gets a very curious about what's going to happen in the future. What is God going to do? How's he going to do it? And there are some, uh, some information in the Bible about what he's going to do, but it's not super clear to us just yet. But listen, if he told us exactly everything that was going to happen, exactly how it's going to happen, then we wouldn't be walking by faith uh, because we would already know all the answers. Uh, so if we if we were just walking by sight, and that means we understand everything, then there'd be nothing for us to, to believe. So so there is an element of a mystery to it, but, but we believe, and we're very curious about those things, about Jesus' um, return for example, but don't miss the new commandment of Jesus. Peter got distracted and he paid no attention to the greatest commandment that Jesus had ever given his followers. It was the future event of Jesus' return to heaven that captured Peter's curiosity and it distracted his attention from where it should have been. And we get distracted by these things as well instead of being about what God has us doing today, instead of loving others, being about our Father's business today. And so we've got to make sure that we stay uh, on mission. Even though we don't understand uh, all that God's doing, and the reason why, check it out, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Listen, the cross causes some people to misunderstand um, who Jesus is. But if you know Jesus, you know his sacrifice, you know his love, and and you're going to understand that and you're going to have that power to live for him each 
and every day. And even Peter, it's really interesting because when you first become a Christian, you look at Peter and we can, um, we can see, we can see ourselves in Peter, you know, and all the failing and all the faults and, and all the, all of that kind of, uh, impulsiveness. But then as you grow as a Christian, you start looking at Peter and you get frustrated. Wow. How could he be that way? How could he, uh, deny Jesus, all of those things that we ourselves have done. We ourselves have done that. Don't forget, you know, God chooses to use us not because we're perfect, but because he can take imperfect lives and create something beautiful, something amazing. And, um, and we want to make sure that we have grace for others who are in that same place, who are just now starting to follow Jesus, helping them take their first steps. When they fall down, we help them get back up. And one other thing, you know, Peter, I love this. He says to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to lay down my life for you. <laughs> and, and Jesus says, you're going to what? No, you don't understand. I'm the one. Jesus, I'm going to lay down my life for you. What you're going to do is you're going to deny me. Jesus is the one who gave his life for us. And we want to we want to remember that we want to remember that Jesus uses Peter. He ends up using Peter in powerful ways, in spite of his flaws. Sometimes through his flaws, through his failures, Jesus loved Peter, um, and he loves us. He loves you, and he calls us to love others with his supernatural love today and be examples and be his hands and feet and, and, and instruments of his love in our world today. So I want to challenge you to be that and to do that. And just want to pray with us right now um, that we will uh, have a true and that the church uh, in our country, the church across the world will have a genuine, true love for each other. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. I, I pray, God, that that you would give me a, a love in my heart that only can come from you. Right now, we pray, God, that you would open our hearts, God, to receive your supernatural love, that the way we love is not going to be just a everyday kind of uh, human love, but God, this is a love that is sent from you that you would give us for others. Thank you so much for displaying your true love, your ultimate love for us through your sacrifice on the cross, God. And we receive that today. We thank you. We want to live for you. Give us that love in our relationships and for others today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, be sure to spread the word about this. If, uh, if you're benefiting from it, I hope you are. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.